hiatus from recording and releasing a show. Uh, you know, life stuff gets in the way, stuff happens, you know how it goes. So, uh, before we get back to the main show B-sides that you're used to, I've been wanting to put this together for some time, and I think I finally have been able to do it. It's uh, sort of talking heads, you know, like you see on uh, sports news and things like that. Uh, but this is a little bit more informal, um, just casual banter between the boys, and it happens almost immediately after fights. So, these are post-fight reactions mixed with a bit of uh, chatting shit. So, that's what we got. The uh, working title right now is uh, Boxing Bobbleheads. I kind of like that name. But, um, yeah, hope you enjoy. Oh, uh, warning. This is unedited audio. Alright, like, this shit is raw. So, if we say something stupid, uh, <laughs> don't hesitate to let me know. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll keep a better eye on it uh, as we go forward with this. So... Here's Boxing Bobbleheads. This first bit was recorded just after Better Beev beat the shit out of Yard. Same thing happened in the Kovalev fight, didn't it? That was He was um, exhausted by the he, end more than beat down. He, he blew his load in like the 8th and the ninth round against Cobb, and then I think Cobb just ended up Captain him somewhat quite minor in the 11th when it put him down. Oof. Those uppercuts from Burby are fucking wild. Yeah, he set it up with uh, when he had yard pinned in the corner of the ropes or whatever, he would uh, hook to the body and then the elbow drops because it's a hard hook yeah and then uppercut right up the middle it was that was bad he, he would do it like four times in a row yeah i think yard still beats all the other yeah. british like heavyweights like buatsi and the likes of them uh, buatsi is dealt with by buatsi is the only other decent brit right now isn't he uh, no, there's a there's a couple of them. Uh, oh, what's that? In Richardson. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> My wife just walked past that naked. So she's going to bed. <laughs> uh. Um, Callum Smith, I guess. Uh, Watson. No, no, not him. Not him. Dan Aziz, uh, Craig Richards. No, Richards is shit. Um, <laughs> Lyndon Arthur, Stephen Nelson. <clears throat> That's it for the top 25 on BoxRec, anyway, from UK. I'm sure. Charles, it doesn't Yo, definitely. The man has arrived. <laughs> Who has the last title? 
I don't think he fights for a title again, Tom. A uh, yard after that. Probably it. Maybe like a British title or a European title? Yeah, Europe, European at best, I think. Oh, Beeble has the WBA, that's right. Beeble's fucking. On, on that display tonight, Beeble's fucking Merck. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, like Yard's not the Good most. Uh... Oh, right. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of think uh, it's still an interesting fight because, like, you know, Viterbiev uh, is so. You know, he really doesn't have a speed advantage against anyone, but he. He throws his short punches so well and so straight, it's like, if he can get someone into a corner, he's going to attack you. So, I just wonder if Beevil's smart and fast enough to kind of swing out and get back out of the corner. Yeah, it's one thing to do that against Canelo or uh, Zordo, but that's not better, BF. I don't know, I think Beevil's younger, fresher. I don't think he gets forced into a corner by better, BF. I think he can. I think he'd be able to hold the center of the ring with him. I would definitely pick Beeble to win that personally. But. Yeah. <clears throat> Some variables. Yeah, Canelo needs to step out of the way so we can get the, the real fight we need to see. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Yo. <coughs> Yo. Uh, I don't think anybody wants to see. The rematch with Beavold. I don't uh, even think Reynoso wants to see it. <clears throat> Are they actually going to fight at super middleweight? That's what they're saying. That's so what, Nello's going to fight Beavold at uh, super middleweight? That's what they're saying. Yeah, he said so, he can do it. So Canelo's like, yeah, I'll fight you again, but you've got to lose fucking seven pounds and then... Still have the same like, physical advantages, but... Yeah, I think it's just huh? the same outcome. Yeah, so I don't think that's a, that's enough of a cut for uh, Bibble to make. I, I don't even... He's even that big of a light heavyweight. I don't think he's super big. No, I think he, no, he's he had the said... He said he walks yeah. around close to weight. Yeah, I would be surprised if he's cutting maybe two or three pounds for light heavyweight fights. Cutting another seven is probably not going to be that much of an issue. No, and then what happens if he does, if that does happen there and he wins? He's just probably going to vacate all his belts, right? Like, he's not going to go down and fight Benavidez at 168. He's going like, to come up to 175, buddy. Yeah, I would assume he just like, if he wins, he just disperses the belts and they all fight for them again. Yeah, that'll be pretty lame. Yeah, then, I think it's, you know, it's I, a dub fight to Canelo make. would still be in line for a probably a mandatory fight to get one of his belts back, but, you know, he's going to be fighting someone we don't even know about, you know, and then... Benavidez and Charlo could be doing the same thing for other pellets, and so it would be a while until they get a actually good matchup together at 168. Yeah, I think having that rematch at 168 is just a shit outcome for everybody. Like, I mean, yeah. if Canelo wins, like, it's cool and all, but now if Beevil wins, like, it just shakes up the entire division. 
if Canelo wins, then everyone's just gonna everyone's gonna say that he, they just weight drained him. Oh yeah, it's there's this no, is a like, no this is a no win situation for Canelo here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just his pride is hurt. That's all. I think Nello should just move on from it. Like he can't beat 175ers that are. But if you know what I mean, like younger and in their prime, he's not going to beat those guys, you know, unless it's somebody who can't really box that well. And even then, Nello's getting up in age now. It's... Mid thirties. He's a, he's a, he's a... He's a middleweight, like, Canelo's a middleweight. He's either a, he's either a 60 or a 68er. He's a, he's a, and he's quite small as well. He's what, like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, is it? 5'8", five, yeah, about 5'7", yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's on the smaller side. I mean, he's, he's taken a lot of punishment too in all of his fights, so he's definitely on his way out. He's got he's the fights since what, he was 16. It'd be way better for his legacy if he just focused on this current crop of super middleweights, because there's a lot of good names here that he could fight and still beat, and, you know, he could sail off as a champ. But uh, what's happening now, he's probably going to take another loss from Beevil, and then he's not going to be unified champ anymore, and then he's going to, you know, what happens after that? <laughs> he's going to spiral, be yeah. an alcoholic. <laughs> he has to reassemble he's the Dragon think Balls. He yeah, Morel is going to get his hands on one of those, and he yeah. probably doesn't want to fight Morel. That, that would be if he's disgusting. Two years from now, I would not want to fight Morel ever. Canelo's now the, the the earlier he does it, the better in terms of age and his body and fitness. But him versus Benavidez, that would be a perfect fight to not seal his middleweight legacy if he could beat him. And I think that that's everyone would agree that's a great fight, right? Yeah, of course. It, it's it's a great fight, but I just I feel like it's gonna have the same outcome as a Bevo Canelo or um Benavidez just pummels him for twelve rounds. I think really could stop him. If I mean if he's still maturing and trying to improve his boxing, he could stop Canelo if Canelo yeah. ages and his legs go. <clears throat> Where's he got to go then, Canelo? What's his, what's his realistic next fight that he can win? If, it, let's say, he doesn't do the Bivol rematch, where does he go? Uh, well, he's gonna fight, uh... He's fighting Ryder next. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. God. There's Ryder. That's what a shit, what a shit fight. <laughs> yeah, it is. I keep forgetting. They've been talking about that shit for, like, five years now. Yeah. Everyone keeps saying no, like that's stupid. Nobody wants to see that. I mean, even if Canelo went and lost to Beevil, I mean, he'd still be the A side against someone like Charlo, and Charlo would probably be willing to fight him for a belt, and I think Canelo could still win that fight. So that's a super fight as well, yeah, in terms of the names. If they did that in uh, Dallas, at the. Cowboys Stadium. Stadium. Oh my God! Please. Yeah, yeah. that would be huge. Because uh, Charlo obviously Is that doing a million? million? Because yeah. he's done like eight hundred before. So it gets people not called Glocken or Mayweather. 
I think that that stadium seats. Is it six figures? Oh. It's 105k. Uh, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, they got, uh, they got uh, 71 or 71 or 76,000 in there to watch him fight Saunders. So if you yeah, put yeah. Charlo in there, you could put an extra 15k in there at least. Easily. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome, man. That that arena was buzzing just for that Saunders fight. So I can't even imagine if you had like a live crowd for whoever whoever he's fighting. There'd be a lot of crowds and a lot of fights in the crowd. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Be there, was fight, there was a fight on the ring floor right when the Saunders fight started, right next to where Fury was sitting. He wasn't involved, but like as soon as the first bell rang, people started scrumming. It was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, if they do that fight over in like, Texas, I definitely consider going to that. Absolutely. Hell yeah, dude. Come, come down and hang out. Uh, for sure. I've never been to Texas yet, but it's on my list to get down there. I've only been there passing through. I've never heard of the period. Canelo versus Charlo. Would that be big enough to get the Brits to fly out to Texas? No. I don't know, honestly. <laughs> I think the Brits need one of their own to be fighting over here. Yeah, I, I think Crawford Spence. If, I know it's not going to happen now, but if that happened, yeah, I'd, I'd be down to come out for that. That That's a generational fight. Um, yeah, I'm definitely down to come out for that. Yeah, that's not going to happen in Texas, though. That, uh, Crawford won't let that happen. It's not gonna happen full stop, is it? Craw Crawford's. I get, well, we get the impression from what we see that Crawford isn't really interested in the fight. He's a little bit, of, yeah, kind of looking for any way, any reason to call it off. Sad. Yeah, it really real. was. It really yeah. was. <laughs> Damn, better be a space list. Yard Yeah, honestly, man, Yard, his stock went up. Like, he lost, but he still kind of won. Yeah, I agree. I wrote an article a, a while ago that was it was called Victory and Defeat. It was about exactly this. It was a. Uh, I wrote it at the time of a Sean Porter versus Keith Thurman, where, like, okay. the, the fight was super close. So it like, doesn't really matter who won here, because both guys get a lot of. A lot of stock increase, but in this case, this was what kind of what we expected from Better Be Up, right? For him to kind of pummel yard for four to six tops. But yeah, yard, I'd say that everyone was kind of banking on it stopping like under five rounds. But yard, like you guys said, he came to fight. That's that's that shit. That can't. Um, you got I, that dog. Yeah, like I had I had my reservations, like most people did that. You know his his only high level encounter. He he crumbled a bit towards the end. He tried his best, and then, then he crumbled. His his face was fucked up, man. Like under his eye, I've put I've just put a screenshot in general. Under his eye is swollen quite bad. Yeah, he's yeah. his forehead. That cut that cut bad. That cut real bad. Wasn't Fury's cut like that in the? Uh, Wally. I th yeah, I think Fury's was, was, fight. Fury's was deeper, wasn't it? Yeah. Fury's it was really deeper, bad. yeah. 
but location-wise. Yes. Yeah, location-wise, that's a shitty place for a cook. I think that's why, like, his face looks all puffed up. Like I was saying during the fight, that I think the blood was getting in his eye, and that's where they started saying yeah. that the commentators that uh, Yard's finding his right hand, like he's finding a spot for it. Well, the dude it, can't it, see. It's, it's honestly one of the worst things, cause like now you got blood, you got sweat, and you got the Vaseline all like dripping into your eye, and it fucking it's terrible. Yeah, sweat. I've just had sweat and blood, and that's no fun. Vaseline honestly makes it worse. I like burns. <laughs> oh, Robbie's in here. Wait, is he? Yeah, he's just a... Roberto. Uh, so he is. He's just enjoying a Newport, listening to the chat. Yes, wow. That's how I'm fucked up. I'm sorry. That's how I'm fucked up? Yeah, a little bit. A little muffled. Yeah, you do. He's just a little muffled. I'll stay on you. That's all I got left. Alright. Oh. Yeah, they've got Ward and uh, Thingy talking down. We got Jake Paul and Tommy Fury in four weeks, boys. <laughs> ah, no, we don't. Uh, Tommy's pulling out of that. <laughs> <laughs> He's pulled out twice already. Where are you at? Tommy fumbles. <laughs> uh, I, at first, I was into. I was like uh, really standing for Jake Paul just to the, kind of be the. Rub it in the faces of like the greys that come in, like, oh, I hate this Jake Paul shit. I'm like, yeah, well, I think Jake Paul's the coolest motherfucker of all time, so how about that? <laughs> but now it's like, like uh, Tim Bradley mentioned, like, what he's done for women's boxing as far as putting a bigger spotlight on it with Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor. And I was like, yeah, you know, actually, that's that's actually right. He uh, he uses his his shine to help actual boxers get the attention that. They, that they deserve. So I mean, he, and he tries really. He tries his best. He trains hard. So who's to say that he's not an actual boxer? Just because he was a clown on YouTube for a long time, doesn't mean he's not taking this seriously. I think he's done it right. Right, he's a proper camp with a, like a real coach, and he gets sparring partners, and and he does proper work. Yeah. Like he does he, it the he's right a way. Legit boxer. Yeah, he's a legit boxer. And he's fighting better fighters in his... Like, he's in his prospect phase, technically. Like, his first six fights or whatever. He should be fighting fucking cans. They, like, 7, 93, and 1. Like, that kind of fighters. Who he should be, or would be, in the ring with if he was went up the quote-unquote right. traditional way. But he's fighting Just Anderson to... fucking Silva? Are you serious? <laughs> Just to give some to that hey, comment as well good. about Anderson Silva. He, um... Anderson has been boxing, like, did proper boxing training for years because he was trying to make the Roy Jones fight for, like, 13 years. He's been trying to make that fight. And Dana wouldn't let him, obviously, because he's fucking up. Because he's a dictator. But Anderson's a legit boxer. Yeah. He, uh, he, been, he has pro fights going back to, like, 96. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he went uh, for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like, when he lost the Jake Paul fight, the... At the uh, press conference afterwards, they're like, uh, "What? Do you, so what's next?" Like, well, I got a jujitsu tournament like next week. So, like, well, fuck, man, you're fucking fifty years old, dude. What are you doing? He's a real martial artist. Yeah, sure. he's a martial artist. That he is straight up a martial artist. Boxing, jujitsu, kickboxing, I think. 
Yeah, Muay Thai as well. He's, he's legit. And then whatever that fucking actor, what's he called? Who was with him for a bit? Uh, he's in all those corny action movies in like the 70s and 80s. The, the Coyote? Latif Coyote or something? The no, no, no. He, no, he's a. Uh, he does, he's got that fake martial art. You know the way he like flips people over by the hands when they run into him. He's a, he's a big fucking movie star, you know. Uh, right? Steven Seagal with Aikido? Steven Seagal, oh, yes. It's Steven Seagal. Aikido. <laughs> you remember when he was taking credit for the fucking for his wins? He was like, oh, yeah, I taught Anderson that kick. That he won because of me. Aikido, the Aikido there is no, like, there's very, very little striking in Aikido. It's just getting was people it, it, out of the way, and that's all it is. It, was it, isn't it originally something to do with defense against like sword fighting or something like that? That's yeah, just defense, against armed, defense against armed opponents, and you don't have anything. Yeah. So just disarm them, like kind of move them away so that you can escape. <laughs> I don't know where he got this kicking shit from. <laughs> Man. Have you seen what Eddie's tweeted? No. Oh. What's yeah, Eddie Boy? Yeah, from Yarn. He, he wants Talon Smith uh, better be up next with her versus her B ball for him to spew it. Um, I'll believe that when I see it. As much as I want to see it, but I'll believe it when I see it. Honestly, I feel like B ball kind of just smokes better B of now after watching this fight. Yeah, we were oh, saying yeah, that before. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Chief was saying that specifically. <laughs> that yeah, it, based is... on what Yard was able to do to better be a people shouldn't have too much of an issue. Nah, it's gonna be an easy fight for him. <clears throat> oh, it's Rome. What up, dog? What up, fellas? Yo, Rome. Oh shit, people's in fucking Indio? When my fucking car broke down, I could have hang went to hang out with him. What the hell? Oh yeah! <laughs> God damn it! Why would you like? Why would you choose to live there? I I can't imagine it. I, I guess I don't. I, I, don't I, I don't have too much of a position to speak on it because like Indio and Phoenix are very very similar. So <laughs> is there Indio like a is there a gym down there? Somebody who trains out there? Because isn't that where Fundora trains out of? At Indio. Yeah, or he's from Coachella Valley. Yeah, he's from Coachella. It's a suburb of Indio. Oh, so, yeah. uh, gotcha. Yeah, he's right there. Um, I don't know if there's a gym. I expect there is one if Beagle's going to be living there. But um, yeah, I know that uh, Golden Boy used to have uh, casino fights in Indio for a long time. In Tucson. So isn't, uh, isn't Plant down there or is he in Vegas? I think he's in Vegas. It's in Vegas. Yeah, okay. in he's Vegas from city. outside of. He's from Ashland City, Tennessee, but he's based in Vegas now. He got out of the holler. He got out of the holler. <laughs> out of the trailer. <laughs> did uh, did plant really grow up in a trailer park? Uh, yeah, there's, pic I mean, there's pictures of up. it, so... Okay, well, good. He grew up in the hood. Yeah, I, yeah, I know he, it wasn't easy for him. Definitely not at all, but... Just... I think there's, like, that YouTube video of him, like, in a street fight with some dude. Yeah, it's, like, uh, yeah. old-ass video. Exactly. 
makes me think yeah, of absolutely. Billy Joe Saunders talking about his uh, caravan fights. Because <laughs> like, when he was, <laughs> when he was, uh, I don't know, on sabbatical, I guess he was. Um, <laughs> they were asking him like, where, like, what have you been doing? Like, you look like you're kind of keeping in shape, not quite, but not fighting shape, but you know, you're exercising like where, whereas he used to get really fat. And he's like, oh yeah, I've been fighting in, uh, but we don't talk about those. Oh, are they caravan fights? Like, huh. like wink and a smile. I'm like, no, we don't do that. Dude, when, I, uh, when I still had Instagram, I followed Saunders, and after like the Canelo fight, he would just post like him like racing horses and shit. Yeah, like, he do like bought a farm, horses. bought a bunch of horses. He loves horses. Fuck yeah, that's pretty cool. He's though. sick, honestly. He's living his best life. Yep. He's like, yep, my boxing career's over. Just got that payday. I'm gonna buy a Billy Joe sausage. <laughs> how many? I don't know how many. Just at the time of, of the interview that I was talking about, he only had one, and he kept saying like, "This is a gypsy horse. You see this? It's a gypsy horse." Um, Dude, I hope. I hope he comes back. I miss him. I bet he's. I bet he's got about six horses. And when he says gypsy horse, how you differentiate them is like they don't cut their hair. So when you see them, like, like they're they're fucking hooves. They've got like loads of fur around them. Like their hair on their neck and heads really long, and their tails like really bushy and shit. Mm. I didn't know that. Yeah, they, you, they they leave them as well. Like if, when you're driving around Britain, like if you go past somewhere where like a little car park or sort of where gypsies will come and they'll like pitch up until the police move them on. Sometimes they'll just leave horses like attached to like a, a lab post or something. Just abandoned the them there. Yeah, they just—they'll just leave them like in the middle, oh, back of a road. Come that's on, ter- man. that's terrible. Yeah, that's well, they—they—they they, they do shit like like they tip in the countryside, and like the kids—you'll see the kids like shitting like in the woods and stuff. <laughs> like they're—they're they're, like rough and wild, like people. Feral. Jesus. Yeah, fucking feral rats yeah, feral, they are feral like that's that's a good way to describe them but if robbie could hear that he'd probably call me racist or some shit but they are they are honestly feral yeah uh, that's a running joke on reddit at the moment is like get uh uh your people in europe like talking about americans and like pointing out how like we're all the racism and everything but then get people in europe talking about uh, Romani Gypsies, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. Oops, nope, not, no, you, but he, here's the thing, is you need to understand. It is. What had happened was. It's yeah. been, been a little racist, too. You know what I mean? A little racist. <laughs> 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 would, you not, would you not describe them as feral? Would you not say there's a bit of feral that's about them, Robbie? Oh, I would say feral, but they 100% choose to live outside of normal society and don't be following our rules. I've never seen them shit in public, but we don't get too many around here, I'll be honest. Uh, we, like where we are, they, they pitch up like in the, there's like a sports centre not far from here, and like they pitch up in the car park. Yeah, and like there'll be like five or six caravans that come. Like their kids drive from really young as well. You see the kids like driving vans, and they'll be like eight or nine years old. <laughs> when they when they camped up around here, they went on like a an, uh, an abandoned schools like like yeah. 
And uh, me and my mate walked on to go see, you know, see what was cracking. Oh, no, 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 we were doing some gypsy business. So we got, we got told to fuck off pretty quick, yeah? Yeah, they're not a bit terrible, they'll rock up and kill in your garden, man. But if you go try and take a, take a little stroll around the caravan, they'll get very upset. Jesus. They, uh, they kind of fear normal people, but... They get abused like so often by like the, the normal living people that they're like quite aggressive, like as a default position. Yeah, d uh, defensive. Yeah, ex yeah, yeah. They are overly defensive. Owls do you get any gypsies like around your area? But I doubt it. His dad's a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Not. I don't think they get much up in the what, like the Chelsea area. Why the fuck is Carl not filtering anything? This is bothering me. I fucking hate that. Big lad Olf. What did you think of Yardy, bro? Yeah, dude, like Olf, you were going in on like you were going hard for Yard. You were part of the lion's pride, man. Yeah, it was. It was Simba in the camp. I, I was too. Like I, in the back uh, of my Simba. head, I knew kind of expected. He's made me a fan, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Fuck, For sure. He was proud. He was proud. Yeah. Yeah, I bet on. I had a little bet on better bets to get him out of there quick. First four. I thought it'd be like a Joe Smith thing. Yeah, but that's what I was. You said Yarko the fucking. Reached in, and uh, you know he packed up Pepe and went. I had him up. If you know what I mean, I wasn't scoring that close, but if it went to the cards, I would have picked the uh, yard. Yes, yeah, yeah, when, when it stopped anyway, you know. I had him up. I had, I had him up. I won round at the time. What? <laughs> what? What was that? Fuck. What am I doing? That's fucking sick. I just don't like the burger. You guys see my TV? Yeah. I thought Discord was playing ads now. I'm the voice. You're top nitro, man. What are these guys talking about? Alexis fight? Alexis Rocha? Is he fighting today? Yeah, he's fighting tonight. Oh. <laughs> Here he is. Come on, Oz. What did you think he had? Went too bad, was it? Went too bad? He was, he was good. Sorry, mate. I can hear your smile. Can you? Yeah, I can hear smile as well. Well, he just got like a... He got an 18-year reprieve, so I'd be smiling too. Oh, no. Yeah. What? What are we talking about? Anyway, who said that? He doesn't see his boxer do good anyway. He doesn't see his boxer do good. That's the main thing. What? You got to see a boxer you like do good. It's been a, been a long time. Oh, yeah, to ha hang your hat on the right hook. Even if they lost, but he still did good. Like, just you hang your hat on on their before. You know, like, got there before it was cool or whatever. Is my bike still fucked up? Still muffled. Yeah, he... yeah, it's a little muffled. I'll put back. 
I don't think it, it sounds like it's low, uh, like a low bit rate codec. Sounds like he's got like a towel over or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I don't think anybody expected him to do that well. Oh, not at all. Yeah, um, I, I was thinking three to five was my expected range, and then six was like the cutoff. After this, if Yard goes past six, then you know, good for you. But even still, within that six, like he was, I thought he looked a little shaky in the first round, but he he was, he really picked it up and he did really well. It's really crazy, like he's standing toe to toe with fucking Betterbeev and trading. Yeah, them. Like that's that is wild, man. Yeah, that first round, he definitely seemed a little kind of hesitant. Yeah, and just kind of moving too much. That yeah. But yeah, he was giving it to him. You know, like he'd take a bunch of shots, but he'd get some. He got some good shots off him. Better be up. He hurt him a few times. Yeah, he pieced him up pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, piecing up better be up just makes him, you know, throw a thirty punch combination. <laughs> makes him angry. And yeah, <laughs> you, know. you hit him and it makes him stronger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> even after he gas, even after he slowed down, he still fought well. Like after round three, I think it was when you know he had us notes for the slower. Yeah. He still fought well and went toe to toe. I mean, there was a moment I think in the fifth where. He caught better be a part of the he had better be a hurt at one point. Shots. Yeah, he, he had did have be a hurt. Yeah, that was yeah. really cool to see. <clears throat> yeah, he had better be a backing up, and then yeah, again, better be a just came back and threw like a ten punch combination at him in the corner, and it was really cool to see uh, better be a's ring generalship there because he'd get back into the corner and then he would you know throw the hook and then he'd pivot straight out and all of a sudden yard stuck. Or he, yeah, yep. he would turn him into on. the corner or ropes. Wherever Betterbeev was stuck, yeah. he would turn Yard into that position. And then yeah, he, he just Uno re reverse carded him. Yep. <laughs> Big time. You've activated my trap card, kind of. <laughs> oh, I think Beetle is a 50 50 fight. Nah. Nah. Uh, yeah, I don't no, it's this, this the fact, gray LJ saying. The fact that Yard just made better be able to look very human and very beatable. Yeah. I think after, you know, Yard hurt him. After the Marcus Brown and Joe Smith performances, where he looked, you know, like superhuman. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to assume that uh, better be have made a sizable donation to Joe Smith's. Uh, local union <laughs> and that's why he took it he took it out into better because a red-blooded american fucking champion doesn't go down like that okay nah nah he embarrassed <clears throat> america that night he did yeah, absolutely joe smith is not for the people i thought he no, was he's a union worker hard-working like blue-collar guy and was beating the christ out of people and then that's what we get. And along came the so angry Russian. Yeah, along. literally this. <laughs> an angry Russian. The server gaslit itself into believing Joe Smith was good. Me included. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. I remember Joe Smith even after 
especially after Bernard Hopkins. That's when I was like, okay, this guy is crappy. Like, that was like... <laughs> B-Hop sat down on, like, the bottom rope, and then he got punched through it. Like, he... This is, this is like a 50-year-old guy. He's... Oh, come on. Like, this isn't... He's not that good. And then, as time progressed, I... I gaslit myself into thinking like nope this this is it this is the fucking american champion that i'm 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 waving my fucking bandera outside for this guy and then um dagestan had other other plans yeah he just got fucking mullered yeah rgf said i'm never betting against the dagestani again Dude, never, never again. <laughs> never again. After after Joe Smith and two, and then like what Khabib's Dagestan, right? The MMA yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah it's on this on this project. Yeah, I can't. But, man, I wanted Charles to win that fight so bad. I was riding so hard for it. What was I, the... I still can't believe he got knocked out. That's crazy. Or he didn't get knocked out, but he got outstruck on his feet. What was the shit last night? Was that just like a club show? Which one? That there was a UFC fight pass or something yesterday? You sure it wasn't the slap league? Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, are you talking about the club The club Yeah, I think it was the slap league. Yeah, it was actually pretty fun. Slap league is wild, man. Dude, it's just CTE, yeah. like, welcoming over there. Yeah, it, yeah, that's exactly what you're setting yourself up for. Who we saw twice last week, didn't we? Did you see some of the guys' faces where they're, like, fucking... It looks swollen like they're the fat shit. of themselves. Yeah. Yeah, they're swollen to shit, and, like, their eyes are bleeding and stuff. It's like, these... Okay, it's, here's the kind of the part that I disagree with on slap fighting. It's that, like, the guys get to, you know, you get to bend your knees, rotate your hips, rotate your shoulders, and full swing onto somebody, and all the defense they get is to tense their neck. And that's it. Yeah. That's really dumb. To me, that's really dumb. Talk the whole body. Yeah. Like, you should be, like, as far back as your arm can reach, that's the extent of your slap. To me, that's what I think would make for a better competition because you're getting like a full on punch basically just open it may as well be it might as well be as well whoever gets the first hit's probably gonna win i mean most people yeah yeah, you win the coin toss yeah isn't the pay like super low they get like two three thousand for it (laughs) they win or some shit Two and two, one and Yeah, they get enough. They get enough money to cover the emergency room stay immediately after. Uh, definitely not enough. <laughs> Back to zero. But in not America, the aftercare. definitely not enough. But not the aftercare, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So like, the aftercare is going to keep you in the hole, so that you have to keep doing it. Okay, the ambulance ride probably just as much as the winnings. Oh Jesus! Yeah, Christ. I think it's two and two. Honestly, I think it's two. You get two regardless. Two to show, two if you win. Fucking criminal! Who does That's that shit? Terrible. Dana White, dictator White. Dana, this is an opportunity, White. Yeah, yeah, this is an opportunity. He probably could absorb slap fighting into UFC. And maybe well, he can't. He kind of has. He, 
He's hey, used Nate, all the Nate, UFC shuffle accounts. Nate Diaz, he's got the Stockton slot. Yeah, he does. Oh, so he probably won't let, let himself let Slap get pulled into UFC if that's the case. Like, like I was saying, Leo, they, he's used like all the UFC social media accounts to promote Slap League. Like oh, all their Instagram accounts and stuff like that have been posting the videos, so he's been using the UFC's like popularity popularity yeah, and reach to, to, to like slap. try to put this out there. Yeah. That is something. That's a, that's to me that says a lot. Of who has a vested interest in this? Yeah. <clears throat> the the thing that a uh, another tack on another reason why Jake Paul's the shit is uh him the way that he's promoting this um what like the Fighters Association any combat yeah. sportsman or woman you can like you can join the Fighters Association which is uh, it's a workers union is what it is and like the the league performer or promoter network whatever they have to contribute to like your retirement and yeah you have to contribute part of your winnings as well and part of that contribution goes to like t- like it tri- is supposed to quote unquote trickle down to like the low level guys who don't get paid very much so that they can get adequate care when their time of fighting is over thing is the the big stars aren't going to sign up to it because right. they, they they don't want to show how much they're getting paid oh, they want to, right. like Conor McGregor wants to have his own to go like Mayweather would never join it would he because he's, he's, he's talked he's about making the biggest deals like it. he's talked about something like it but if your if your revenue streams are outside of just fighting that like for him it's like real estate and a bunch of other stuff branding yeah. whatever so he's making a lot of money over there. So like, how much he does make on these exhibition purses, if that even counts, like that that yeah. level of contribution isn't that much by comparison to his outside revenue. The, what like during his prime, like when he was, like, yeah, that's that's a different story. I, that level of yeah. money, money, I doubt he would join it. Yo, there's a video of Kel Brooks snorting coke. Oh Jesus! At his home, I'm putting it in. Put it in is general, he, man. He's done though, isn't he? Or is he looking for a fight with someone else? He's in. He's in shape and he's hanging around the Winker Bank gym. So, I think. Uh, I think boxer want to do him versus like Liam Smith. Yeah, in after, the after that recent outing. <laughs> oh my god, that. Oh my god, he actually is not in court. Oh, oh hell, Abbe. These ain't chocolate brownies. <laughs> <laughs> no chocolate brownies there. But yeah, that, baking powder. That's not powdered sugar, brownies. baby. <laughs> <laughs> Brooks living his best life. He is. He actually is. He's getting a white pony instead of a gypsy horse. <laughs> Nobody? Oh. Terrible. I guess I'm the only fucking delinquent in here. Are you talking about the Deftones? Well, <clears throat> they named it White Pony, their album White Pony, because they were using a lot of drugs at the time. 
Right. <laughs> not not a very subtle uh, clue there. No, no. <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's Bosch. That, Bosch. Yeah, Bosch. Bosch. That's all it is. Is Bosch. <laughs> Bosch. Look at his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that shit's. Uh... That might be. I wish that didn't have the walk back on, because that would be my new profile picture. Oh man. <laughs> That would be a really good profile <laughs> Yeah, you is gotta it, do it. Is that better than somebody getting their face kicked in? That's what you usually do, isn't it? No, I've, I've got to stick with my gimmick. Someone else can do that picture. Someone get oh, I'm so doing it. I just, I just need to get... There's probably a good picture of Yard getting word on. He took some big punches. He might have Anthony Yard's profile picture. That final fucking punch that put him down the first time yeah that was like behind the ear Brutal. that shit's crazy yeah well every, pretty much every punch that put him down after that was to the back of the head and close i mean not it wasn't a like on purpose or anything but yeah he got fucking yard he, was uh, turning his head away like in, exactly. the, in the middle of the punch like what do you expect better be able to do? yeah yeah it wasn't like an on purpose yeah. fucking rabbit punch or anything it just was just them to catch him clean to the fucking rear behind the ear. Like Yard was done. He's uh like he got okay, so he got past the first count. Uh, just by I think that's just second nature, like he cannot not try to continue. Mm -hmm. And so like his he took the he he got knocked down, he got up, got past the count, and then he starts getting beat down again and then he turns his head and he's like then yeah, he got hit over. again, but like his corner, the ref saw his the corner men step up. He's like, "Hey, like yeah. we're, we're we're done with this. I'm not. We're done." He won. Yeah, that was smart because that was a yeah, great was... call. I will never. He not was about say, to get his fucking head taken off. If he even <clears throat> if he survived another knockdown, he he that would just prolong the punishment that he was about to take. Yeah, severe fucking beating. Absolutely, and I'm. It's really, it's really good to see people like I use people. I use Grays as a gauge for that, but people saying that he's like good on the corner to stop it. This is a really good decision by the corner, because like even before the Yerbo Morel incident, even before then, I had always said like. This shit needs like the where the fuck is the corner right now? Yeah, your your guy is getting his ass kicked. The ref isn't gonna stop it until he's flat on his ass and flat on his back. Where the fuck is the corner? Somebody needs to stop this, and you need to protect your fighter from his own pride. Let him blame you. That's what you're there for. You're there to like accept the blame from everybody, saying like, "Oh, you pulled your guy out. He wasn't." He could have kept going. Well, yeah, yeah. You're, you're like the kind you, you're there to be thrown under the bus for that yeah. reason, so that the fighter can yeah. be like, oh, I still want to be, I still want to go. Come on. Exactly. That's the other criticism. You never hear, you never hear people say, "Oh, the cornerman did really well for this hole in there." Nobody ever praises them for it. Like when, uh, when the only time before the Yerbo thing was when Cunningham stopped uh, Lubin. 
that that was one time when that was of course like Lubin did not have the same face at the time because yeah. Fundora gave him a new one so yeah. that was another time when I was like yeah good this is a really fucking good move that I didn't see a lot of people have something negative I, to say about it I think even though um, like the Fury Wilder fight too where Wilder's corner stopped it was even a good stoppage because he was just getting pummeled he was and he what he, yeah. ditched, he ditched him because of it but that's just his like his pride not allowing him to yeah. accept his own defeat yeah once more <laughs> go go bro yeah you guys are Kind of oh, like oh sorry, sorry. yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, that's a perfect example of like what I was saying, where it's like you have the perfect opportunity to be mad at your corner or whatever and throw them under the bus, but you stick with them because they fucking looked out for you. Right. But instead, he, you know, his prize was too big and he <clears throat> didn't learn the right <laughs> lesson. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that this is, this trend is picking up of like the corner stopping it on behalf of the fighter. It. We, like we've all said, like this is what they're there for, to take the heat so that the guy can say, oh, well, oh, you're lucky my man held me back because I was coming back. Yeah. No well, and like worse, in, but whatever. in the fucking history of boxing, like how often has it actually happened that somebody was, you know, near getting beat to death and somehow pulled off the win? It like it just almost yeah. never happened. And yeah, like, it's sure, possible. yeah, like when it does happen, it's like the craziest shit in the world it's like Rocky. it's fucking super dramatic that's, yeah exactly that's, Rocky. But that's like, what that is yeah but 99.9 <clears throat> times it, you're just gonna get a guy getting fucking severely battered for no fucking reason and ending his career yeah Glenn Tapia, there's always gonna be an anomaly Glenn Tapia got his career shortened when he was yep. um what was that guy Smogler the ref that like Tapia was getting the pummeled in the corner and Smogler didn't stop it because reasons. I don't know. And Glenn Tapia's career was cut short. Like, after that, his punch resistance was trash. Like, he couldn't continue in fights where there was heavy pressure and heavy hands touching him. He was completely ruined. Like, his co career was completely ruined. And probably a lot of any a lot of other career, uh, career aspect, uh, prospects outside of boxing. Yeah, and I mean, that kind of goes back to it, like, when you're in the corner and you're not stopping it when your fighter's, you know, getting beat to death, basically, like, what are you hoping for? Like, he pulls off the win magically, and then, you know, he goes on to be damaged goods. Like, his career's still over. Like, he may win that fight, you know, by a fucking miracle, but, it's like, at what cost? That's, to Some me... Some coaches are stickheads. That, to me, that's the, the conundrum of uh, Creed 2, where in the first one... You know, he gets beat up, gets his rib bro ribs broken, and then he gets knocked out. In the in the second fight with Drago, he gets his ribs broken, gets his ass beat, but wins the fight. Like, he's still just as damaged as he was after the first one. So, yeah. who, who, like, what are yeah. we really, what, who's winning here? I think uh, that happened in Southpaw, too, didn't it? Where, I mean, he got his ass beat at the end, but... <clears throat> off that miracle victory obviously a movie but. yeah exactly it's those are movie moments but still that's just a pop culture reference to what we're describing yeah i mean just that whole like um 
I guess, like, come back is, like, heavily romanticized. We're like, oh, my dude's <laughs> yeah. getting his ass kicked. But don't worry, he has that one lucky punch in him. Like, yeah. my brother <laughs> in Christ, he's getting hit with a lucky punch. He, every single time, because there is yeah, no it's... more luck needed. He's getting teed off on. I remember, um, I think it was last summer I went to uh, watch some amateur fights in my area. And you could just tell there's, like, some really shitty coaches, because, like, they'll take brand new guys, like, a month in the gym and just throw them into an amateur fight. And I just felt like so bad for all these people in there fighting because they just had no idea what the fuck they're doing, but they're just getting pummeled. And I'm just like, why is your corner not stopping this? Like, where is your coach? Mm, the coach just wants to have somebody in every weight class to kind of show you, like, oh, I got guys up and down the ticket. Yeah, but has this problem as well, where, where the oldest is to be super tough. Like, toughness is like not quitting. Like, the. There'll be times when there's a fighter in a corner saying, I can't go on, coach. And the coaches will be like, no, no, yeah, you can't. You're not quitting. And they throw him in there. It's... Yeah, it's a fucked up. Yeah, it's a cutthroat, cutthroat sport. It's really terrible. Remember, um, saying that actually, this one dude, it was like, uh, I think heavyweights were fighting. It was hot as shit in, like, this uh, area we were in. And, like, think second round out of third in the amateur. Dude just gave up because it was just so hot. He, like, just getting, I guess, like, not like a heat stroke type thing, but, like, just getting way too hot. And his coach is fucking screaming at him to, like, get up, finish the fight, whatever, but he just gave up ultimately. Probably I mean, I kind of can't blame him, bro. Like, if you're, I guess, like, having a heat stroke pretty much, like, yeah. you're not going to fight. Yeah, I, that's fucking gross. <laughs> Your coach should be like, all right, I got to cut my losses here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they had, like, the EMS, like, go up there, look at him. I was like, bro, just stop fucking yelling at the guy. Like, it's an amateur Especially fight. An, yeah, an amateur fight. Like, what stakes there, are there? There's no money there's no at like, stake. There's no point to be that No, upset. there's nothing at stake. You're just playing with a kid's life for your own fucking pride. I ha had, like, similar experiences, like, in Afghanistan, where, like, you're, it's, it's in the middle of the summer, so it's hot as fuck. And you have to you have to wear all the proper equipment, right? Like the armor and all that. It's a lot of shit covering your body, on top of your clothes, which are really thick to like protect you from fire or whatever. And yeah. How many pounds is it? Is it like thirty pounds worth of gear you've got on there? Um, for the average person, probably like forty. For me, it was about sixty. And then, and then it's um, now we're gonna go on a fucking hour long hike. Hike. Yeah, we're gonna go that hiking. Sounds heavy as fuck. And yeah, like getting back. It's it only took me one time where I was I did not hydrate adequately before I was like oh shit okay uh, I'm going to have a good night's rest and I'm gonna drink a lot of fucking water before we go on this next one but like just that level of understanding of like god damn it like it's so hot it's like there's nothing you can do to cool yourself off because there's nothing available and like for somebody to be fucking pissed at you for that like, that's that's pretty i don't know that that coach their, their mind's not in the right place yeah some coaches are slightly constant just dickheads like and they're not even good either. Like, I've seen a lot of shitty coaches in my time. But it's not hard to become a coach either. 
Yeah, it's not. If they haven't thought, if they haven't ever done it either, those like are they don't have an appreciation. Those are the ones that are the worst. Those, the ones that have not fought for themselves. Like they, they have quote unquote like fights, but it's like closed doors. Only the quartermans there, and it's just them versus the other person. With their quartermen, no one else is allowed to be there. No one's, no one else is allowed to see. And so, uh, do we know if like your methodology is shit, or do we not? We don't know. Nobody knows. Only you, the cornermen, and your opponent know. Yeah, man, coaching, coaching is kind of rough. Like, I mean, I have my uh, USA Boxing, like, for amateur coaching. I don't, I haven't coached, like, any amateurs yet for myself, but, like, just in the gym with the guys, like, I work with them. I personally don't, like, let them spar until they've been there for, like, at least, like, like kind of, like, two months and they're making solid improvement, but... Other gyms I've been to, like they'll take a guy brand new week one, just throw him in there with spar somebody. I'm like, what is what is this gonna do? What Dog, is he learning? Doghouse. He can't even throw a fucking punch. Yeah, he doesn't know how to throw anything, maybe a jab, properly. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I, what I wasn't like a licensed coach, but I did coaching for like three people, and yeah, it's it's gonna take a lot, and. For them to even feel the confident in themselves to be able to conduct themselves properly in a ring, and yeah, it's it's a lot. I, <laughs> I will say though, it's kind of kind of crazy, like watching ego shatter. Because like when they first join, they're hitting the bag, hitting the pads, like just building like supreme confidence. They spar for the first time down the road, get clocked once, and you see that sh like that ego just <laughs> shatter, like all confidence is just gone. <laughs> yeah. It kind of sucks, but... Callum Smith is the next opponent. What? I feel like he'd give yeah. better B of a run for his money. He could. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. If he lands a puncher lead, but... He doesn't hit hard, and he can't fight long, and he's a big, long fighter. You'd think you he know, should. Canelo smashed him. Really, Canelo just beat the fuck out of his arm for four rounds. Yeah, just beat up his, his power arm. And yeah, I hope he learned from that fight, like, because he didn't do anything that Canelo fight. Like, what the fuck? He had all the advantages. Yeah. He's got a gas tank as well. He can go 12 pretty comfortably at a decent pace. So you'd think he might be able to out use the Terbiev, but. Did, um, did Yard know. lay the blueprint? Is that what we're saying here? <laughs> I, I think so, did. honestly. Callum can't do that blueprint, though. Callum can't do anything Yard did in this fight. Yeah, because yeah, he's not Yeah, Callum's not, he's not built like that. Yeah. Hey, guys, I got a dip early, but I just want to say thanks for, thanks for jumping on. It's good yeah, I got a dip, too. All right, guys. Yeah, I gotta go get some gear for the fucking Rocha fight. Oh shit, Rocha. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like we're even then. Alright, guys, have a good night. Alright, peace out. See you in a bit. See you in a bit. Take it easy, fellas. Bye. Bye.
This one is the week after for the Emmanuel Navarrete fight where he stopped Liam Wilson. Um, this one is just me and one other person, so it's pretty short before it trails off into talking about other stuff that I cut out. None of the personal stuff makes it on here. You can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Oh, man. Oh, it... I don't know. I have, like, this weird thing, especially with boxing, where I always feel like I want to see the guy who worked the hardest win, even though that's obviously not how things work. So whenever I see, like, the dude who obviously, like, eats Doritos instead of, like, training, and then he somehow still wins, it just robs me the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it's like, you don't, you... <sighs> hard, sweat of the brow is supposed to be how you, how you climb the rope or climb the ladder. And, like... I also, the only other fight that I think I saw of his all the way, I think I watched Dog Bay, like the first Dog Bay at one point. And it was weird to me, like even seeing him now, like those hooks were crazy. Like he really does swing from the fences. Yeah, he and does. It's, it's, it's a, and it's surprising that he catches people doing that. With how much he like telegraphs and- Yeah, well, exactly. You know, and, like, and, and from the, like, the range that he throws those, you would think that people could get out of the way. I wonder, I, I don't understand how they don't to be honest. Maybe it's just like the pressure because he does throw a lot of them. Yeah, and he goes up and down with, to, like he really oh, does yeah, work the body well to set up his headshots. Oh, ex- yeah, and exactly. Like those like those, those long like looping hooks, he always like swings from the body right around to the head. So I guess like that change in level has to be it. I'm just wondering, like I'm thinking like who could really punish him and I think someone said Valdez, but I've never seen them fight, so. You've never seen Oscar Valdez? I don't think so, no. Let me look him up. Um, he fought Shakur Stevenson April of 22. Oh, he yeah. Got, he I got 12 0 on that one. That was bad. Oh, to be honest, it's one of those things where when I hear someone lost, if I hear that they lost to Shakur, it's not going to make me think too much less of right, them. Because, like, right. mo- like, almost anyone's going to lose to you. So. Yeah, but you'd think, though, that for as good as he was touted to be, that he would have had at least won a few rounds, even if you do lose to Shakur, like no shame in that. But you should, like that—that that was the best you could do. It is he a puncher? Yeah. Is that it? That's yeah. That's the most depressing thing I've learned in boxing, like as a fan so far. Is that like I I really have witnessed like all my favorite, most of my favorite punchers just get outboxed for twelve rounds whenever they fight an outfighter you know what i mean yeah where it kind of like it dispels the myth that like you could just kind of get in there because i can't think of like i can't think of anybody active today who i really think could confidently beat a boxer like even like a really good outboxer like can you can you think of like any really good like infighter who could really just slip in and like kill anybody because i think that they're like even like that heavy like the heavy punchers i can think of i just see them struggling with someone like shakura the only name that comes to mind is Isaac Cruz because of how yeah, that's who, yeah. he's really athletic, he's really agile, which is really important in closing the distance and keeping a guy in front of you like Shakur, who's going to use a lot of lateral movement to keep you, to keep away so, like, Isaac Cruz I think, is that might be my he's the first one that comes to mind yeah, that's the, the main thing that I like about Cruz, is like 
I think the only other fighter I can think of, like off the top of my head, are the only two. One is I can think of is Duran was pretty good at yeah, getting in, and I think that was until people figured him out, he was really good at doing that. And then I also think Tyson is probably my favorite, but that's just a stylistic thing for me. I I think he's just I think he had a really fun style to watch. I mean, I, I think that like I think Isaac is definitely fun to watch in that regard too. I just I wish that we would see more punchers coming out on top, but it really does seem like at the top a lot of the elite guys are either like a mix or they're just like a pure outboxer. Yeah. Or I, I don't know. I don't know. Is like outboxer like what you would call that? <laughs> I'm always um, I'm still a little iffy on terms. Like what do you call Shakur style? You don't have to use out. Just any anyone that's like a oh, boxer, right? Yeah, a boxer like a technician is. I would call them a technician. Um, Mike Tyson, yes, absolutely. But he also, I think he, his legacy is overrated in that. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah, like he had a really weak era when he came up. That's why I'm, I'm, I was very specific about like stylistically. Yeah. I've always like, I've said, I used to like, obviously like a lot of like first fans come in and think like, oh, he's the greatest, like he's the GOAT. Cause like that's the first exposure they have to the sport. But like I very quickly realized like, oh, like he was in a weak era. And like every time he came up against another great from that era, he got like stomped on Yeah. for the most part. So like, I would say like my favorite heavyweight is Lennox, obviously in terms of just like everything. Yeah, same. But I just, I. I don't know. I think Mike just strikes a chord with me specifically as like a smaller guy in his division. You know what I mean? Five Where he, ten he kinda... in the heavyweights. That's nuts. yes. Yeah. I and obviously as like a small guy, I guess it's something. Some part of it resonates with me of like if you have the discipline and if you work like a monster, you can you can like even the odds a bit. I think that's the part that resonates the most. And also, I just think he's fun as hell to watch. Like just the way he fought. Oh, he no fought question about that. No, yeah, no question about that. Uh, another good in fighter type um uh chavez senior is a good one. Oh yeah red's been telling me that i need to watch him he's got he, like a lot of people looked at him as like duran 2.0 but he also he did have a bit of a, i'm not as familiar with duran's time um so but i can say confidently that chavez didn't have the stiffest competition like a lot of like B B level type of guys. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I I know that. Uh, especially like whenever I see someone with like a hundred twenty plus fights or whatever, <laughs> they're usually you have to, Yeah. Yeah. Like they're not fighting like a hundred twenty champions, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. That's why like a lot of people when people say things like uh, Ricardo Lopez, Finito Lopez. Like oh wow he's uh fifty one and oh he he beat Mayweather's record okay how many how many like champions are on Lopez's record I'm not saying he's not good but like let's look at let's look let's examine the list here oh that that's like I remember like when I was like just getting into boxing I remember the number was such a big deal to me when I would look at the record I was like oh he must be so good but like now my first initial impression is when I see a high number I'm literally like all right let me see boxer let me see you actually beat right let me see the names yeah like uh uh Zerto Ramirez perfect example oh yeah Ex yeah exactly because <laughs> um, he was like a Canelo right he had like 50 or whatever yeah a lot of uh a lot of Latin American fighters they they go pro early, like because oh, there's, yeah, cause there's no it, it's amateur. It's like 16, system. right? There's, yeah, they don't really have an amateur in Mexico, so it's just like you go pro as a teenager, and then I imagine you basically just you fight a bunch of like lower level teenagers or whatever at that yeah, point. Yeah, a bunch of other low level guys on your way up, like instead of amateur fights. 
Yeah, like, that makes sense. It's kind of how they do it. So, like, when Canelo started reaching prominence, he was in, like, the low 40s. Yeah, same that's with, crazy. Same with Zerto. He was in, uh, he was about 40 or something, like, 40, uh, 40, around 40, when he fought, I think it was, a uh, Sam Solomon? And I want to say Arthur Abraham. And those are the two that, like, started... For some reason, he started getting higher on people's lists after those. I think for me, like, the biggest thing that I've... The shift I've had in terms of, like, how I judge a resume is I stopped looking at, like, their fights in general, and I just skipped to, like, their record in terms of world title bouts versus, and, like, the names that they look at there. Because for me, that's, that's ended up being more telling or more interesting. Because, like you said, there's literally, like, 20, 30 names, and you look, and it's like, oh, this dude fought, like, three times. Yeah. Um... Oh right. Um, so like, the the thing about like like being undefeated, like a fighter's oh they're forty and oh, but it's like a bunch of shitty guys. Like who cares? That doesn't really mean anything. Like those are also tailored resumes, right? Like a lot of the times, like these guys are like, especially like yeah, they're also they're cooking their their shit. So that like, a lot of these guys, they seem like when they come up, especially nowadays, I think the stakes have gotten a lot higher, or it seems like they've gotten higher in terms of like the business aspect, where people are very risk adverse. To taking that step and in, in fighting people until they're like absolutely certain they have to, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and I don't. I, I want to say. Know. I want to say that's a product of the post Mayweather-Pacquiao era, where as you as Mayweather being undefeated, and you know like the whole who who can do it, who who can have what did he call it the May Vinci like Da Vinci May Vinci Code. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. It was um, <laughs> it was pretty cheesy, but the uh, the idea was like if you had been beaten, then the quote unquote blueprint exists. So, like you're you're gonna like you're not good enough. So a lot of basically people... that basically if someone one person could do it, another is what could do it is what that means. Yes, exactly. Um, so like a lot of guys like Keith Thurman. And Sean Porter, they were both um, welterweight champions at the time, at, towards the end of Mayweather's career, and they were both undefeated, and like they were jockeying for a chance to fight Mayweather, because look at me, I'm undefeated, so no one's done it before, just like you, right? So that means that I deserve a shot against you. Yeah, I think the focus on like on being undefeated is also really just shitty for the sport. Yeah, and from what I know, from what I know that like I know in MMA it seems like that doesn't matter as much or like like almost it seems like way less significant from what I've seen. Like I don't think I've I've even seen like a single MMA person who's undefeated that I know of because it seems like the cu- the culture is different. Yeah, um, boxing is starting to recover. Um, like it's like it's not. The, the whole someone's O has got to go, like having the zero isn't as important as it was in the immediate aftermath. Like I said, post Maypack, that was yeah. like in and around that time, it, it, was the, it was the worst. If somebody was undefeated, then they, or if somebody was not undefeated, then they were trash. It doesn't matter how good they are, and it doesn't matter how good the person who beat them 
is or was if you have law if you have a loss you are garbage you are not good you cannot be what? good because you've been beaten how, how did that even really was that something that kind of came around the mayweather era or is yeah. that just something that was kind of always part of the sport because i don't know i don't really know where to trace that to no it, i don't know for me that's that's a, a product of of the mayweather time because just because of how unbelievably good he was so if okay so he can't be touched so that means he and he's obviously extremely good so if you are not undefeated like him then you must suck it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's really stupid it's, it's, it's a weird dichotomy too especially with how we treat like how we treat fighters today and how they'll be remembered where a lot of people seem to like walk away from a fighter after even like even like two losses people like will be like ah oh, he's gone he's trash but then, like, you go back and, like, people still call Ali, Ali the GOAT, right? Like, yeah, he's got, course. like, five losses, right? Five or, five or six. Uh, Marquez it's, it's, has, I think, seven, and he's one, he's my my favorite fighter of all time. Yeah, and it's weird to me that, like, I don't think that ever really comes up, like, in terms of, like, defensive, like, not being so focused on it. At least in my conversations that I've had, people never, like, that never comes up. It's always... Although I will say I've also noticed that, like, even, like, with my other friends who are casual fans, they seem to, like care less i guess yeah i don't they, know if that's just they don't have the context is really what it is like before being undefeated typically meant like you haven't fought anybody worth anything you haven't been challenged you haven't been tested you're still like a padded record for canelo or zurdo that's kind of what it was like you coming up okay oh yeah you're uh 35 and oh awesome who are those 35 people are they any good? Yeah. No? Typical, because, yeah, because you haven't fought anybody. You've been matched with cans your whole life. That, But, yeah. like, the thing, Mayweather, like, his, like, especially, like, the latter half, the, the money time before when it was Pretty Boy and then changing to money, that was, there's, like, Hall of Famers in his record there. And people tried to nitpick to, as to why they're not as significant as they are, the like the Mayweather's wins over those people, but at the same time, even like the fights that that fighter had, like Cotto, Miguel Cotto, for example, at the time that they fought, a lot people made excuses as to why his victory over Cotto wasn't that good, but in and around that time. Before and after, Cotto was getting all sorts of praise for being awesome and winning whatever fights. I'm like, okay, it's crazy so, to me. So he was it's good. crazy to me. He was good before and after he fought Mayweather, but when he fought Mayweather, he was not good. That's fucking yeah. weird to me. Yeah, that, that's weird to me too. Because like, like as someone who wasn't around in the like in the era and wasn't watching it as it aired, my historical context for Cotto is that he's not he's not like the greatest boxer ever, but he was a formidable fighter from his era. Yeah, like that's, that's exactly like, right. So the other thing that I wanted to ask you that made me curious is like I've heard people accuse Mayweather of cooking his own book a little bit, like in terms of like maybe waiting people out. Is there any truth to that? Uh, it, yes, um, specifically with um, Pacquiao. And I know pe a lot of people say, well, Mayweather's older. Well, okay, that's fine. But 
like I guess with stylistically Mayweather the way he fights lends to longevity whereas with Pacquiao not necessarily so well you know that makes sense so like letting Pacquiao take more fights take more fights putting more wear and tear on himself whereas while Mayweather he could still take difficult fights which he did but without when he's not taking as much punishment and because of he's a gym rat he's always in shape so it's not like a hard cut ever so it's easy for him it's easier for him to like maintain that excellence yeah um, it's it, his the reason he really had to stop was his hands right yeah he, he well, that's what that was the transition of uh, pretty boy floyd to money mayweather was... Right, because he used to be—he he used to be kind of a scrapper, right? I, I actually haven't really watched. It's kind of a, kind of blasphemous to say, but I haven't really watched Mayweather because he's one of my least favorite of like the greats. <laughs> yeah, um, I no, I understand, that, like from a personality perspective, definitely. Uh, Pretty Boy Floyd <laughs> was yes, it was a hands issue. Uh, like he used to be very aggressive, and he wore puncher's gloves, so he his hands got broken a lot, so. What, what do you mean by puncher's gloves? Um, there are different glo- different types of gloves. Um, so, like, for example, uh, Clito Reyes, those are what are... They're called puncher's gloves. They're not... They don't use, like, foam for padding. They use horsehair. Jeez. So, like, it's... The way the padding shifts as the fight progresses makes a difference in how strong... How hard you're punches really are versus um, a really popular brand is Grant, Grant Worldwide and they're, those are fine, they're like balanced um, It there's sufficient padding but it's not too thick, like there's a brand from Japan called Winning that are like, you could go into the general, into the boxing room and then say hey what, hey, what are uh, what's up with Winning Gloves and people will just tell you that they're pillows because they are. Yeah. They're really, really padded. So, like, in a way, he used to wear winning gloves before he crossed over into the U.S. So he wore winnings, and he still got knockouts, but they took longer. And then as he started branching out of Japan, he started wearing different kinds of gloves, and knockouts came a lot faster. Like, there's it's a direct correlation of which gloves he wears and how fast the knockouts come. It's weird to me that there's a loud that that I like I honestly thought like that you didn't get to pick your gloves. I thought it was like the commission gave you like these are the gloves that you're allowed to use for this fight. So it's interesting to me that they actually have a choice. You're you're right on both accounts. Um, you can't like the fighters do elect like they offer up like this is what I want to wear. I want to wear uh, Everlast MX2s and those are puncher's gloves. So, you bring a pair of you bring your pair of MX gloves. You give them to the commission. They expect inspect them. Like yes, there's sufficient padding. Like this is quote unquote safe. And then they're like vacuum sealed, and like locked away until the week of the fight when they're brought out. And then the teams inspect each other's gloves. It's like there's no tampering. This has been sealed the whole time look at the padding like there's nothing fishy going on here that makes sense i think i saw footage of that when when usik and aj fought again 
Right. AJ just came and like got his gloves or whatever. And they watch each other. Like somebody from each respective camp goes to the other one to watch them tape the hands to like to make sure right. that like you're these are you're following the rules of how you're supposed to tape hands. I I don't know what they are, but I know that there are rules on how you do it. Well, like I, I can see like the obvious reasons because I think there have been. New, like I've, I, I can think of a couple occasions where someone was like using plaster of Paris or something, some kind of like hardening agent. Uh, I'm trying to remember who. Margarito, Antonio Margarito is the, the recent most popular, famous example. Uh, he, was that, that was that ever confirmed? I actually don't know. Um, no, it was just suspected. It was like the LJ Giant situation where. It's like ninety-five percent certain, but not in. T- it's not a hundred percent. It just really, really looks like it. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Because like, I feel like, I feel like he would have gotten criminal charges if they like if they had proven that. There was I don't a guy who did. In, I want to say in the the mid mid late eighties, um, he did. He tampered with his gloves somehow. And he hospitalized the other guy, and he, he got, like, assault charges. Yeah, that's... I was thinking of a... I can't remember who it was, but I think, I'm, I, think I know what you're talking about. Bro, this shit is dangerous enough, and you're... Why... why I don't understand. Like, this is a sport. Oh, I, I don't get to it. To me, the way... I, I definitely understand the psychology behind it, where based, just because of, like, so much of, like... In order to just get to the get to like the point of fighting for a belt, you have to put so much of your energy into it, I guess. Yeah. So the so the personal stakes for everybody involved on both sides are so high, where it's not just a sport anymore. It's it's just their life, and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm glad that like as much as like I fantasize or like dream about, man, I wish I had chosen boxing instead of like software as a kid. I think back and I think like. What if I had paired the stakes and pressure of boxing with my anxiety? Would I have been able to make it? Like realistically, like obviously not. Like I have no idea how these guys survive the pressure. Yeah, like it's just crazy. Even at like for you, it was anxiety. For me, it was depression. It was the same thing. Like how could I muster the confidence to like compete at that level? I probably couldn't. And. So I, I can see why somebody would want to maybe use plaster of pairs or something to give themselves a, a, a better better chance. But just me, even at like, like even at age like fourteen or whatever, like that that idea would have been repugnant to me. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, no. I get. I get what you're saying. That like, yeah. even like, even like, to me, the idea of cheating is repug. It's like it's terrible. Yeah. I, I when I said yeah, it, to me, it's more of like an understanding of like I understand the human motivation for doing yes, it yes. rather than than saying I would do it myself. Yeah. It's yeah, more, it's more like it, it is it is an interesting issue, and I think that it also like it's almost endemic to the culture, which is another reason that I'm not a big fan of of the culture. Is there's just there's so much pressure on legacy. Yeah. And there's so much emphasis, so much emphasis on like every single thing you do is going to define the rest of your legacy forever. That is such a scary thing to put on a human being. Yeah. Like I can't. Like of course people are going to crack. The annals of history will remember that you uh, took a shit and 
your shit was uh, stickier. Yeah, exactly. But bro, that, uh, most people, if you were to just say like name top three Mexican fighters ever, and then someone's gonna say Marquez, someone's gonna say Chavez. How many of those, like the losses that those guys have, how many how many people really care about those anymore? That's the other the funny thing is like it, it's it's so weird to like try to, to pull myself out of like the fans brain like the boxing fans brain and think about it from like a normal human's perspective and just like imagine like if I went to like a person on the street and I asked them like who is the best boxer of all time it's either Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson in my opinion those are the only two things I would expect to hear from them and so like in terms of like legacy when you think about it like outside of the sport itself it's so crazy to think how much focus there is on like the specifics like you said when in like in in the abstract nobody's gonna fucking think or remember nope like nobody's about, gonna remember about uh chavez gets remembered for uh the meldrick taylor controversy where the ref there, there was like okay so chavez was i think at the time he was like 89 and 0 and he he went to fight meldrick taylor who was like a really, really talented... He was a boxer. He was a technician. And for the majority of the fight, he had Chavez right where he wanted him for the entire fight. And at the end, round 12, and like it's we're com- coming down to like the final seconds, Chavez finally, finally knocks down Meldrick Taylor. Taylor uh, stands up like... In, this is just in my view. I, I think, I, from what, I, what I've seen, he stood up, he walked to the neutral corner fine, he stood into the corner fine. The ref came over and said, like, looked at him like, hey, are you okay? Do you want to continue? And Meldrick Taylor, like, nods his head like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And the, the ref waves it off. And then Meldrick Taylor's like, what the fuck just happened? And... So that's the controversy. There was like two seconds left. And Meldrick Taylor would have beaten him if it went to the cards. That's crazy. That's such a shitty... That's the other reason why I find it so hard to focus on losses. is because this is a, a big thing that I never really talk about in like in the actual chat. But I've, I've become like very skeptical about the, the objective measures that people... Or like air quote objective measures people use for like skill inability in boxing because there's just such a large element of chance and and so many uncontrollable variables go into your resume besides the actual fights themselves because there's just crazy shit like that that happens where you just have like a ref making an awful call and and then suddenly that's history right yep uh that's a like that was a running joke for a long time i want to say like 2014 until like at post pandemic where in the UK, like judges would stop, or the referees would stop. They would stop the fight, and every like, ninety nine percent of people would say, like, "What the hell? That was really early. That was a really early stoppage. Why would you do that?" And yeah, like, typically, I I err on the side of, I prefer an earlier stoppage than a stoppage coming too late. Oh, for sure. So, like, I would it would be annoying, but. More often than not, like those early stoppages, it would be in the right direction. Um, I'm, 
I'm actually not even thinking about early stoppages when I'm talking about that. I'm thinking about like the crazy shit that I've seen that just falls outside the bounds of the sport. Like, I do you remember during AJ Usyk? I think it was one of the undercard fights. They just for, like the timekeeper just forgot to stop. Yeah, that was so a had- Badu Jack. Badu Jack <laughs> yes. versus some other dude. Versus Popeye, and then yeah, Popeye, Popeye just had to get Popeye just got beat beat the fuck up for an extra minute because some idiot forgot to stop the time. Yeah, like, shit, shit like that is so crazy to me. And didn't they st- like? Didn't they give the fight to Popeye anyway? No, Popeye lost because of that. Did he? I'm pretty sure it's not because of that, but like, I'm pretty sure that like he lost. It did anyway. not help. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. did not help. I would I, be so bitter about that if I, I lost remember there being a problem with that. I want to look that up because I'm. There were other that that entire fight was a sh- that entire night was a shit show in yeah. terms of like action. Do you remember how slippery the canvas was? Like every single fight, yeah. someone slipped. Yeah, I do remember, but I mean, I guess Saudi Arabia they're you know doing what is it called sports cleaning sports. Pain, sports washing, white oh, right, sports yeah. washing. That's what they're doing. Richard Rivera. Okay, he won split decision. Okay. Deserved, but still, like, ugh. So, outside of boxing, what you got going on this weekend? This. All right, that's going to do it for this edition, uh, trial edition, of the Boxing Bobbleheads. Uh, If you'd like to get in on the chat, you can go to bxng.co slash discord. That'll take you right into the chat and uh, let let me know. I'm in there pretty often, pretty regularly, so let me know. Uh, that you came from here and I'll get you hooked up uh, if you like this if you didn't like it this could if you think something could be improved something needs to be changed I'm open to any and all feedback uh, you can reach me directly at lvx at bxng.co or you could hit me up on uh, Twitter Instagram LVX boxing on both so That's going to do it.